0: hi and welcome to kitty talks the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul i'm your host kitty waters serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the network for transformational leaders each week i interview top thought leaders that are changing the world they share their life stories and tips on how to find your purpose, empowering you to create your own life. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight week online course, launching in May, demystifies the subject of Dharma and helps you tune in to why you're really here. Life is not meant to be hard, and when we get on our soul path, it all changes. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward/do your Dharma for more information. And without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. so much for listening to this episode of kitty talks and listening to me share my story Uh, i hope it's inspired you and i hope you realize that you have a gift that you can give to the world too If you're interested, please come and sign up for the Do Your Dharma course. Registration is now open. It's www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma. I really want to share with you all the things that I've learned that can help you create amazing lives and really create a life in alignment with your soul. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks, we share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me a very, probably actually one of my best friends on the whole planet, Runa Magnus. Welcome again to Kitty Talks. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> and did you know that you are one of my best friends on the whole planet?
1: Well, I just found out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, you, le- you learn something every day. Okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Runa has been on the podcast. For those of you who have listened to the podcast for quite a while now, you know that Runa has very kindly come on and shared her story in the past. Uh, This time, she's going to be supporting me in sharing my journey. Uh, A few of you have been writing in to ask me around my life story and uh, how I've ended up setting up Kitty Talks and what inspired me. So (laughs) I didn't really just want to talk by myself. So uh, Runa, I roped Runa in to, to ask me questions. So Runa, thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you, Kitty, for being so open to share your story to the world. Because I think your story is very inspirational, very transformational, and absolutely needs to be out there so that your listeners can really feel to the core why you're doing what you're doing. Not that you don't really show that in every single episode that you
0: uh, bring out there, but nevertheless.
1: The world needs your story.
0: (laughs) Well, why not? It's. Uh, I think we all have a story, actually. I totally believe that we've all got a gift that we can bring to the world, and we all have a story. So, um, Yeah. So
1: I'm going to take over.
0: Okay. I'll be yeah, good. I'm I'll gonna be gonna good.
1: Take over. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to start with my question. Who is Kitty Waters, and why? How did this whole thing start for
0: you? Wow, that's a very, very big open question. (laughs) So in true Kitty Talk style, what I'm going to do is go back a little bit into my journey, right, start from, start from, not from right from the beginning, but sort of let people into the poignant moments of my life. Um, uh, Probably the best place to go back to was my 20s, because my 20s were turbulent, um, yet fun. Um, at the age of 22, I found myself working in the city of London. Um, for those of you who are in Iceland or overseas, the city is kind of the banking area of England and it's known for Champagne Charlies and a lot of money basically is earned in the city. And at the age of 22, I was earning six figures. Um, I'd kind of just complete synchronicity and I, I believe that I was supposed to be doing the job in the city because of how I got it it just flowed somebody introduced me to somebody else and I found myself with this job um, but at the age of 22 I was earning very very good money but I was working in a very male-dominated environment um, and I was one of the boys I was like working very hard kind of the second highest biller in this recruitment company Um, and earning really good money but feeling very out of alignment with myself not that I really realized it then Um, and my 20s essentially were me feeling depressed me feeling disconnected outwardly I looked to the world like I was enjoying myself because I was earning good money but inwardly I was In my masculine, I was using drugs and alcohol to cope with that feeling of disconnection. Uh, And I now realised that I was kind of looking for the divine in the wrong places. Mm. And how that kind of culminated for me was I had... Well, I actually had a nervous breakdown at 22, 23. I, um, I totally kind of had feelings for somebody I worked for and that person was married and uh, that in my head was wrong mm-hmm. and of course I had very black and white thinking around that and I internalised all the emotion and I had a nervous breakdown um, and, but I didn't really learn my lessons, I wasn't feeling my emotions mm-hmm. um, I was still blocking my emotions uh, and you know it's been a journey for me from my head to my heart <laughs> ah. <laughs> to start start to feel my emotions and then I had a um, a spiritual awakening at the age of 28. Um, I had been suffering with depression probably probably for about eight years at that point. Didn't really understand what was going on. Didn't really understand what was going on. And at 28, my mum was also um, diagnosed with quite bad depression. She had uh, got the menopause and it had triggered something in her. And um, one day at work, I got a phone call at work from my dad to say that my mum had gone missing and that they were worried about her and could I come home Uh, and I remember saying to my dad well what do you mean she's gone missing she's really depressed she shouldn't have let her out of the house by herself and um, he uh, had kind of stayed where he was just just in case she uh, was going to come back but she hadn't appeared so he asked if I could then come home. Uh, My boyfriend at the time um, was a paramedic and I don't believe that that was by chance. You know, he was had his day off as well, which was pretty rare. And I remember saying, right, Dan, we need to go. And then the kind of look of, oh, I'm exhausted. Do I have to? And then, of course, you know, he, of course he did because it was my mum. So we drove, we picked up my sister and we got to my house in Kingston and um, there was a policeman in my living room. And the policeman asked me if I, if well, he was clutching a suicide note and he asked me if my mum had ever tried to do anything like that like that before and I said no and my dad said well yes she has actually um and I then learned at that point at 28 that she tried to do to commit suicide twice when we were younger and I never knew that and it was kind of like my world came crashing down on me at that moment it was like being in a film everything kind of collapsed and what I knew was the truth wasn't the truth anymore and uh, but at that stage, I'd been suffering silently, not telling anybody that I was suffering with depression for eight years. And then to learn that my mum was suffering in that moment was kind of catastrophic and kind of a bizarre feeling. It was relief, and but at the same time, it was, you know, kind of felt very out of sorts. So didn't really have a chance to think about it because obviously the, the, the primary goal of being there was to find my mum. So um, we disappeared off to... Find her, and at the back of the house where we live is a big expanse of woods. And at the back of those woods, uh, you can turn left or you can turn right. And um, I remember my sister saying to me, Well, where do we go? What do we do? Where do we go? And then suddenly, this voice in my head basically said, Turn right. And my sister said, How do you know we turn right? And the voice said, Turn right. And I said, I don't know. I'm just being told to turn right. And for those of you listening, I don't know how many of you have had these kind of spiritual awakening experiences, but um, it was like, okay, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm going to follow the voice. And that's what we did. We followed the voice and we found my mum. She had overdosed and she had slumped by the side of the river, but luckily for her, she hadn't fallen into the river because she would have died. Um, And then from there, Dan, my boyfriend did a sternum rub. I went to get the ambulance. And luckily for us, you know, she... She recovered. uh, And I'd like to say up until this day, she has been fine. She has been fine, actually. At the moment, she's not so good. Um, But that really woke me up, that experience, because obviously, there was um, obviously something more to life than I could see. And I had never, I'd always felt it. But I'd never really experienced it. And that voice, Basically, was a real catalyst for me to go down a big spiritual and personal development rabbit hole, and mm-hmm. so uh, that's what I did. I spent the next—I um, was twenty-eight. Wow, well, do you know what? Ever since ever since twenty-eight, really, I have been down a spiritual rabbit hole. I still think I'm in the spiritual rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> and, and and you say that was the awakening for you? Did did uh, we're well, looking back? Um, do you? Do you see that it, it immediately happened for you that you started the spiritual journey, or did it take you some time to digest what has just happened and what you needed to do? I mean, what I'm—I guess what I'm asking is: was this a conscious choice to move on on that journey and exploring that further, or did it just happen,
0: especially? Um. At the time I was using drugs and alcohol, I was overweight, I was depressed, I was unhappy and I didn't like my life. And I remember running for the ambulance saying, I know I'm not supposed to be living this way, but God, if there's a God up there, and I think there is a God now because I've just had someone talk to me that I've never experienced in my life. You know, I promise I'll change my ways and I'll, I know I'll live differently and I'll make a difference. And that was the conversation that I actually had had. Um, in my head as I was running. And I've talked, interviewed, obviously, 80 people now. And not everybody, but a few of them have got similar kind of experiences where they were, you know, they were kind of going through something quite big and they reached out and um, something happened. Um, And it took me quite a long time. I slowly, because I had to unpick my life. Like I was in a very toxic lifestyle. So, you know, I surrounded myself with people who, drank and took drugs and anybody else who's listening you know that you, that becomes the norm it's when you do that you know day in not day in doubt but it was kind of every weekend um your whole environment is around shaped around that and so you have to unpick yourself out of it yeah i mean just the vibration
1: of people that who who are in that
0: in their states in their lives is not exactly a high vibrational people no and it's not easy to get yourself out of that if that's where you're getting your love and connection from and your friends are all doing it it's very difficult to stop doing it because it's how you get accepted um as a human being and as human beings we don't like to stand out we like to fit in and so i would i took me probably till 28 to 32 33 Mm -hmm. and and i'd have relapses like i'd do quite well and then i'd relapse back into it because i'd feel lonely Mm. Or, you know, and I actually now understand that, but at the time it's unconscious. You might, you know, end up just going out and getting off your head because you were, you were lonely. Uh, yeah. But um, I think the thing that started to shift for me was when I made friends outside of my workplace. So I joined something called the Yes Group, which those of you in England will have probably heard of. It's an um, uh, entrepreneurial group. And um, threw myself into it wholeheartedly and became the the speaker liaison for booking speakers to come to the organisation. Um, and this is kind of what I preach now. I got so excited about it and I just loved doing it. And of course, I started to do more of it. And um, um, they also organised a trip to Kilimanjaro and I thought, fantastic, you know, I can't be living the way I'm living and climbing a mountain I've got to be serious and I've got to take it seriously so Mm. I need to start doing that and I think the thing that started to shift for me was I started to do things that I enjoyed you know that I started to you know move away from doing what I felt I should be doing and moving towards things that I really started to enjoy so we um we climbed Kilimanjaro and um The chap who took us up Kilimanjaro was a member of an organisation called the Transformational Leadership Council in America. People may or may not have heard of it. Um, Its claim to fame is that it had um, the 24 teachers in the secret were members of the Transformational Leadership Council. Mm -hmm. And um, he told us every night stories about this organisation and it just sounded amazing. By this stage, I'd been reading Self-Help Queen. I'd read every book under the sun. Mm-hmm. And all the people of books I'd read were members of this organization the Jack Canfields, the Sonia Chiquettes, the Michael Beckwiths, the Stephen Coveys. Um, and it was like literally a little light bulb went on in my head, or I, I think in my soul. And I just thought, that is what we need in Europe. Why do we not have that in Europe? I want to, and I want to bring that to Europe. Mm. Um and at the time, I was standing on top of a mountain, so I was like, this is the altitude. But no, it, you know, it, it really excited me to the point of I thought about it all the time. I dreamt about it. I wrote about it. And when I got down off the mountain, I wrote a business plan. And, you know, I told everybody that I could get my hands on that this. That this is what I was going to do. And when I look back on it, I realized it you know, sounds bonkers. You know, I didn't know how I was going to do it. But what I realized I was doing was I was going after something that, truly truly excited me and that excitement is is totally um electric and it, it raises our vibration um mm-hmm. and this is what i obviously preach now is people to follow their highest excitement and so when i got down off the yeah. mountain has heard this story probably about a million times, but um, got down off the mountain. I wrote the business plan and then I spoke to everybody I knew. And then this lady that I'd met nine months previously through the Yes Group, a lady called Marsha Martin, who is now my partner in the, trans- in the Network for Transformational Leaders, rang, uh, contacted me and said um, a friend of hers was moving to Europe and would I like to help this friend of hers set up the Network for Transformational Leaders in Europe? Uh, it was called ATL back then. Um, and I just couldn't believe it because obviously it was the weirdest and wonderful is synchronicity. Um, but what I think you know, when I look back at it now, I was following my highest excitement, I was doing a lot of work around unblocking my negative beliefs. Like at the time, I was studying to do my NLP qualifications. And I remember letting something go the day before big parts integration. And the following day, I got the call about the network. And I, you know, I truly believe when we do this work, when we let go of negative beliefs and conditioning, uh, we create more space and our en- we have more energy. And when we focus that energy and, ten- and attention on the things that excite. us us that's when we get into alignment with our soul and our soul path and we do our dharma mm. um <laughs> mm. Mm. you got I'm me ranting it. now
1: no yeah, yeah now i'm going and you know i'm i'm seeing the the whole thing i'm seeing the, all the little milestones that have taken you to the place that you're at today but i want to know more tell
0: us more about that what yes. happened you started the. We started it. Transformation leaders. Yes, and Runa, you were at that first meeting in Windsor. I know.
1: I know. And I'm just. I'm (laughs) I'm reflecting on that journey and what I, I think I can speak for, everyone that uh, at least I know well in that group. Um, It was the biggest transformation that any of us had experienced before. It totally uh turned our lives around and um i don't i i i yeah to me it feels like it's always been you're always been my family I, it's like a soul family a group of soul family and uh yeah the other day uh you know how facebook comes up with you know you've been friends for x many years or whatever and one of my really dearest friend and one of the change makers today it came up that we've been friends for four years and i said facebook is lying
0: yes all my must- life
1: <laughs> was that not that yes <laughs> you've been yeah
0: i feels like and I than had- that.
1: yeah exactly i was like uh can't be i mean we uh i know you all my life and probably previous lives as well mm. so
0: mm. yeah so Facebook yeah. is lying. It was actually six yeah. years. It was six it was six years ago that it that it that it started. Yeah. But um, it was interesting because at that event, I didn't know you so well then. But I remember the end of the last event. We were sat listening to Julia Hauserman and she was talking about um, uh, an organisation that she wanted to set up. And she had the most amazing music. And I had another out of body experience in that. In that room, I think it was the culmination of you know I, I made it sound very short, but that you know from climbing the mountain was the January, and then the following September, I think yeah. that's right. I think it's the wait was it the following year? Yeah. So it's like a year in between. So yeah. from first having the idea to it coming to cult, to a fruition, but the end of the first meeting of the Network for Transformational Leaders, we um. I had this kind of another out-of-body experience where I I literally melted into the universe and became one with the universe. And I could feel the energy of the universe rushing through my body. And it was almost like a huge confirmation of what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I remember I remember running because at that stage I, you know, I wouldn't have been comfortable expressing mm-hmm. my emotions in front of people I didn't know. So I remember running out of the room and just completely collapsing into a complete yeah. state of um but i think you know in my experience when we're on the right path we do get these maybe not voices in your head all the time but we do get the synchronicities we do get the connections coming in like and so i'll just go on to the next the next stage because i think it's it's relevant in what we're talking about um but um when i i was working at the time i was working in a job um at the time and i was really unsatisfied and i wanted to set up the network for transformational leaders and um I knew that I needed to do it and I knew I wanted to do it. And uh, I went and talked to my boss and sort of said, this is what I want to do. And I walked out of the meeting with my boss um, with a three day a week job. And that gave me two days a week to actually set up what it was I loved. Um, So I think our job sometimes is when we have this idea of the things that we really want to do, our job is not to question how it's going to happen. Our job is just to do it you know and in my experience when we put one step in front of the other one foot in front of the other the next piece of the puzzle becomes clear um and you don't necessarily know the end of the journey and where you're going but you do um as you go on the journey the the pieces of the puzzle are revealed to us Mm.
1: so it's really what you're saying is uh sounds like really being present
0: Being present and having faith and trusting and, you know, following what lights you up. And I've learned this lesson the wrong way. So um, the organization was running, but my work life was not in the same field. I was still in the HR industry and I was um, running a business with my then partner. And deep, deep down, I didn't really want to be doing it I didn't want to let her down I didn't want to leave because I didn't really want to let her down but at the same time I kind of had this now calling that I wanted to be in the coaching world in the transformation space and I ignored it and I pushed it down and I carried on working and I thought maybe I could do both so I was doing a little bit of this on the side doing a little bit of that on the side and and the nagging voice kept on going and I just kept on ignoring it and I think this is the other thing that I'd like people listening to think about is um, you can't ignore your soul's calling, you know, you can ignore it for so long. But it will catch up with you. And how it caught up with me was the business partnership split very nastily and very messily. Um, and it was painful, there was lawyers involved, it was expensive. Um, I lost a friend out, out, out of it. Um, but I was too scared at the time to say that i I just didn't want to let her down. So I was too scared to kind of back out of it. Um, and I think the universe will correct us wow. when we are going the wrong way. And I was going the wrong way. I was ignoring my inner voice. And so it corrected me and it corrected me in a messy way. But again, these things, you know, you hindsight, you see, you see how they affect you. And actually, in hindsight, this is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because shortly after that, I my soul started to talk to me again um, and say, right, you need to set up the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
1: when you're, because this is so interesting because what I'm hearing is both, your soul is basically telling you, leave that job, you know, go, mm. leave that situation and really, but you go, no, 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 no. You know, uh, it's safe to have bo- have both and, and all of those excuses, you know, so that you are in that box, as I would say, you know, that box of I have to do this. I have to do that. I mean, it's just you that Society. are saying that. And then you start to listen. You know, there's something that happens. So you start to listen to that voice that says start the podcast. Was it like, a, this is my way. Now I Now I see how I can actually do things and go into the transformational world or Um,
0: I would, I would encourage anybody listening to this who maybe feels the same is to give yourself space. And that's what yeah. I did. So it's very difficult when we're on the treadmill of life, you know, yeah. you're going to a job or you're doing this or you're, you know, you're constantly going, you can't get clear, you can't align, you can't get space. Um, and so I think that's why the business totally needed to leave and go. And after that, m- my husband and I went on holiday and we were in Ibiza and we just didn't do anything. We just got a villa in Ibiza and we read books and we travel around the island and slowly but surely this idea started to creep in um and a podcast excited me because you know by this stage I would built a very good network of transformational leaders through the work I'd been doing with a nonprofit. and I just thought <laughs> I could really see myself interviewing thought leaders and I love listening to people's life stories because I think they're fascinating because I all I believe we all have a gift we can give to the world and actually now obviously this is um 80 people in there is a clear thread you mm. know of people's life experience and so i just thought that's what i'm gonna do i don't know, know where it's gonna go but that was the kind of calling i got mm-hmm. um and that's how it started i got back started to put one foot in front of the other and started to interview people and then we launched the podcast it was may 2017 april may 2017 yeah. um and obviously now we've been going for over, not even, not even a year yet. It's just under a year still, but 80 people in.
1: But very successful podcast and loads of, of yeah. I mean, the episodes that I've listened to, I think I haven't probably listened to everyone, but I've listened to quite a quite a few and they are very insightful. And the stories, I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. People, listeners, probably when they listen to your podcast, they see... They can resonate with many of those stories.
0: The stories are similar. Yeah, well, the idea was to, by listening to somebody else's life story, that you see your own. And mm. actually, you are empowered by that. Because the I wanted to interview thought leaders who are doing amazing things to show the transition. How on earth does... Alexi Panos or Preston Spiles get into doing what they're doing. You know, what is their transition? What is their journey? What did they do? How did it come about? Because if you hear that Mm -hmm. and it becomes available for for you. So I'm hoping that, you know, people listening after they listen to the interviews that they um, feel inspired because this isn't just... Everybody has something they can do and bring. And um, yeah. what happened for me about three months in is the soul started to talk to me again and say, "You need to create a how to find and follow your purpose course." Um, and that. Oh yeah. Well, by this stage, you know, people the people I was interviewing were really driven by their purposes. You know, and we we know yeah. that when you have a real meaning and purpose to your life, you live longer, you're happier, you're healthier. Mm -hmm. Um, But the purpose conversation is scary for people because we don't wake up one day and know why we're on this earth. It's not, doesn't work Mm -hmm. like that, you know? So a lot of people I think get scared about it because they think, well, I don't know why I'm here. I'm just not going to even bother to, Mm you know, even look at it. um, Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um,
1: So, and, 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 and yeah, and not only knowing your purpose, but really finding that, finding that flow that, uh, leads you to your purpose. But I want to know more about the, your course.
0: Okay. So, so yeah. Got the calling to create the, the um, Find and Follow Your Purpose course. And a lot of yeah. the people I interviewed gave me pieces of the puzzle, actually. Like, initially, I didn't want to do it because I felt too big. I didn't want to own it. I didn't. It was scary. Who am I? Who's going to listen to me? What can I bring to the table? All that shit that goes around our heads. And we all have it. And, you know, I think I'm getting a little bit longer in the tooth now. So I started. just got to the stage where I just, you know, it was the obvious thing for me to do. So I needed to ignore those um, little voices. And... You know, this is a real, there's a real parallel, really, with what we're talking about, because slowly but surely, by following your passions, they're like breadcrumbs to your purpose. And as you go towards them, the next piece of the puzzle is unveiled. And that's what happened to me when I was doing all the interviews. Um, is a culmination of my own own work, the 15 years that I've done in personal development, my own study, plus the people I was interviewing were giving me the clues that I needed for the Find and Follow Your Purpose course. Um, And then I also studied with a chap called Chris Atwood, beautiful man who has Mm -hmm. studied, um, he's had a meditation practice for 45 years and he was a co-creator of The Passion Test with one of your friends, Janet Atwood. Um, and he studied the Vedic texts around Dharma, and he gave me the final piece of the puzzle for the course that I was looking for. Um, you know, when we tune, mm. in, when we tune into our soul, and when we tune into our unique gifts and talents, because you know, Yurunek, you and I are very different. You know, what you can do, I can't do. Um, but it's learning to understand what mm-hmm. those gifts and talents are, and then working in alignment yeah, yeah. with them. Um, so yeah, so slowly but surely this course yeah. has kind of been unveiled to me.
1: I love this story because what it's telling me as well is you we we are all on a journey. Totally. And being aware that our journey and that every single thing that happens to us on that journey, whether it's whether it's wins or struggles or challenges or 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 whatever it is, that it is it's there for a purpose, and by being aware of it and looking at it and and allowing you to go, listen to that little voice that is in your heart. You and I and what I'm getting with when you you have that extra bit that secret key. It feels to me anyway when I'm listening to with with your Dharma course. Uh, your key there is how to really put all of this together and, and, and look back to your own story. Mm. So you can find, well, maybe I'm on the right track. Yes. Or maybe I'm not on the right track. Yeah. or maybe, And and just getting that confirmation in your heart, if you are on the right track, that is that, hey, I'm on the right track. Yeah. And, it's, and I think, I mean, you know how my thing has been about Finding your X factor and that it's already right in front of Mm. your whatever. (laughs) Uh, I normally say tits, but (laughs) um, I think you just did. I just did, yeah. But what? about what I mean is, what you're saying, all your your story is how how you do Dharma courses now. Come, you're you're offering your story and listening to eighty people. And their stories, and the, the 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 common denominator that you've noticed in all of these stories, and that's the key that you're going to be sharing to to people taking the course. I mean, I think that's
0: freaking amazing. <laughs> well, I hope so. Um- but if I look at my life, you know, the, the amazing things like I could never re- in my wildest dreams imagined how the network would turn out. Like yeah. it's incredible. It's soul family. Yeah. You know, we meet twice a year. We go to amazing exotic places. We're learning. We're developing. You know, it's beyond my wildest expectation. And I think when you follow your highest excitement to the best of your ability oh, yeah. without putting any expectation on it, this is what can happen because we can actually limit our own what we think is possible by our own um what we what we know to be the world mm-hmm. um and so everything i've done or everything i look at in my life that is truly amazing like meeting my husband i knew straight away that we'd known each other for many lives before yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, the podcast now, um, all the amazing things have come from when I listen to my soul and when I listen to my inner voice. And I think what I wanted to do with the Do Your Dharma course is A, demystify Dharma for people so they understand the concept, make it simple. Yeah. yeah. Because actually when you understand it, it's a really beautiful concept. And the Do Your Dharma course is a really a way of being and a way of living. And it's a life's work that we need to adopt. Like, I don't think that it ever changes. Like, we're we're on this journey for a really long time and so we go through the concept of dharma and then you know we i get- love
1: one thing one thing that you're saying that i think is sorry that i interrupted yeah. i just think it's so important and that's the thing what you said to learn our way of being
0: yes doing yes and so when we're when we're truly who we're we're supposed to be, when we're doing the things that come naturally to us,
1: yeah,
0: you know, we are in this state of bliss, you know, yeah. we and it doesn't feel like work. And no. No, it doesn't at all. But um, it's difficult because we're not taught that, are we? We're taught no go get a job, go yep. pay the bills, you know, don't You know, we're not not taught as human beings from a young age to follow our highest excitement, to do the things that we really love. And so it's a real shift in path for people. So what I wanted to do with the course is to help them work out why they're here, work out what's holding them back, um, and effectively look at following your highest excitement as a life practice. And we give them really practical exercises about how to tune into their skills and their Mm. intuition and how to potentially break out of the the heady thinking that we get ourselves into the box the box <laughs> yes yeah yeah wow. society puts us in boxes you
1: know yeah it does The is yeah and we go into the boxes if we're not conscious
0: yeah yeah and we're brought up in a box yeah. you know we're brought up from a young age to say you know be a good but good girl good boy yeah. you need to be behave like this you yeah. know yeah. if you don't behave don't like that
1: out. don't stand out don't do yeah. it. yeah no
0: exactly and and then we just make ourselves miserable so it's a the course I really think is a mindset shift for people it's mm. a way of living your life differently yeah. um, and it's a lot it's your life's work but it will give you give the people that do it a different context to live within
1: and I I know from creating my own courses that there, this is a journey for you and I'm curious when when you've been creating this beautiful course this, uh, that I know is going to transform people's lives, um, because you're offering online, so it doesn't really matter where you where you're from, right? You can basically access the course online. Um, what has it? What has this journey for you to step up now your game from being the host of Kitty Talks to offering an online Do Your Dharma course? What has that giving you back just that journey along
0: reason my raison d'etre my reason for being like to go through all those years of you know 10 years of my life suffering really with pain and anguish and I like it. it's very comforting to think that there's a meaning to our lives you know I don't believe we just came here to play small to do small things I believe we've all got a purpose we've all got a higher mission. And our job is to tune into that mission um, wow. and to become the fullest version of ourselves. And I think that's a funny thing to say because that's like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. You know, it's a bit woo woo speak, isn't it? But what I mean, what I've learned and what I understand it to mean is finding out what really excites us, finding out the things that we enjoy, you know, finding out the things that come naturally to us and going towards them. You know, that's what we talk about in the course initially is yeah. it's as simple as in any given moment doing the thing that you think, oh, that's exciting. Let's do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: And we all know it, but we might not have because of whatever, whatever situation or box where we put ourselves into, we might not see it, We might have a blind eye to it.
0: And we might we we don't think like that, you know, no. we're not brought up no. like that no. we' we we're, we're taught, you know, I was taught go to school, get good grades, go to university, um get a good job, yeah. earn good money, raise a family, and if you're not you know if you're not married by thirty, then you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another box. another box, you know, and that I think, caused that box oh. was painful for a while because <laughs> I was married, not married in thirty, and it's amazing. Yeah.
1: And it's, and it is amazing how, as well, you know, uh, in your case, your ideal husband came along later in life and that yeah. was perfect for you.
0: Yeah. 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 And we wouldn't have probably, I don't think our relationship would have worked when we were younger because we yeah. were working through, well, finding ourselves really. Exactly. And
1: thought, exactly. And so being able to, go through life at any age, no matter what it is, but with the, the the belief in your heart that what you're doing is exactly as it should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a much nicer nicer way to live. So, um, yes, that's kind of, it feels, excite- I'm excited by the whole prospect of it because I just feel it will give people a different frame of reference to live within. Um, yeah. And Kitty? I can see that we
1: have come to the hour.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I thank you for allowing me to be kind of like a co-host of the Kitty
0: Talk. <laughs> you're, my, you're my only co-host of Kitty Talk. It's a real privilege.
1: <laughs> it is. I, I don't take that very lightly. And I, um, I'm i going to pull back and allow you oh. to end. <laughs> take over and be the host
0: <laughs> so I thank you um well I hope that people listening found that interesting um you know, I'd, I had a few people ask me about my own journey. So I thought it was good timing to open up a little bit and to tell you a little bit a little bit about my journey. So thank you for listening. And stay tuned, because obviously, next week, we are going to return to the original format. But I would love anyone listening um, to get your feedback, actually, on what we talked about today. Um, what do you view what's your kind of opinion on purpose and does it freak you out and i'd love to hear some of the things that come up for you when we are in this discussion so please reach out go to the kittytalks.com website and you can email or you can email me through instagram uh, and let me know your thoughts but yeah thank you runa so much for joining us my pleasure and we will see you next week on kitty talks bye bye This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. This eight-week online course demystifies dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma.